Hello, welcome to Going Deeper with God. My name is Andrew Page. I'm part of the teaching team at Above Bar Church in Southampton. Going Deeper with God, we we're, we we want to get to know God better, and so we're studying the Bible. We're getting the Bible into us, and we're getting ourselves into the Bible. And the Bible is one of the things one of the things the Holy Spirit most uses, so that we can get to know God better. Um, today we're coming to the end of our series in the Letter to the Philippians. Um, I don't know how you've reacted to it. I've had such a great time looking at this letter uh, in these last few weeks. Um, we're coming to this last passage and it's chapter 4 verses 10 to 23. So it'd be great if you could turn to that. Philippians 4 verses 10 to 23. The whole series is called Joy and the Gospel because that's what Philippians is about. And the more gospel centred we are, the more joy we will experience. We're going to sing first uh, because this is the last going deeper with God in this series. Um, I've chosen two wonderful songs, but they're all wonderful because they help us to worship God. Uh, let's sing together. You may not want to sing out loud, but do look at the words and lift your heart to the Lord and worship him. Let's sing in Christ alone.
great to be a Christian, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Let's read our passage for today. It starts in Philippians 4, verse 10. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet, It was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. That's Philippians 4 verses 10 to 23. The title we've given this is Paul's Love for the Philippians. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we have your word in our hands. Please take our lives into your hands and speak into them. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, this is the last uh, passage. And Paul is talking in this passage about giving because the Philippians have sent a financial gift uh, to help support him. Normally, uh, Paul would be supporting himself through tent making. But probably now he's under house arrest in Rome waiting for uh, his appearance before the Emperor Nero. And so he's under house arrest. He can't do any tent making. And the Philippians have heard of this and they've sent someone down with a financial gift to help support Paul. Uh, That's what it's about. Look at verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. So Paul's delighted that they've sent this gift and he's thanking them for it. And the whole passage, at least verses 10 to 20, it's about giving. But through the whole passage, we also see Paul's love for the Philippians. There's a really great relationship between the Apostle Paul and this church in Philippi, which was the church, the first church planted on European soil. So let's look at this passage and be ready Uh, to worship. Let's be open to the Holy Spirit. Firstly, in verses 11 to 13, what Paul's learnt, what Paul's learnt, because he's learnt something. Have a look at verse 11. 
I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. There it is. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And he spells that out in verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now, let's be clear about this. Paul isn't saying it's better to be poor than to be rich. And he's not saying it's better to be rich than to be poor. He's just saying whatever the situation, it's possible to be content, but you have to learn it. I mean, that's there in verse 11, isn't it? I've learned to be content. It's there in verse 12. I have learned the secret of being content. So it doesn't matter whether he's got, had plenty or whether he has, has had little. He experienced both and he was able to be content in both situations. That's there, the end of verse 11. Whatever the circumstances, he was content. And it's there in the end of verse 12, whether living in plenty or in want. Please notice contentment is not something that some people have, like some people have long legs. Contentment is something we have to learn. And we learn it by practising like most things. So this is something we need to we need to ask God to help us to learn, to learn to be content, whatever the circumstances. And I think something that will help us to learn contentment is realising that God is in control of our lives. Things are not out of control. He is guiding everything. He's he's got a plan for us. So it's not random that we are experiencing what we're experiencing. Of course, sometimes when we have too little, we may ask for more and God will help us. But we need to pray that we will be content and he will help us to learn contentment. Certainly he helped Paul. Look at verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Jesus is the one who was always giving uh, Paul's strength to, to preach, uh, to do miracles, to teach, and also to learn contentment. Well, let's lift our hearts. Let's be asking God to teach us to be content. Sometimes some of us live as if Jesus had once said, blessed are those who moan. He never did. Sometimes I live like that. Let's be praying that we will learn to be content in all circumstances. That was the first thing, what Paul's learnt. Secondly, in verses 14 to 17, what Paul wants. Paul is really grateful for this gift that's come from the Philippians. Verse 14. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Paul is really grateful for this gift. But actually what he wants most is not a financial gift. There's something else that's more important to him. This is what Paul wants. Look at verse 17 with me. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. <laughs> I think Paul is talking about the Philippian church's heavenly bank account. I think what Paul is saying 
is this. When God sees that you are generous in your giving to me or to anyone else or to one another, he will bless you. It will be credited to your bank account. God promises to bless generosity. And of course, the reason he blesses generosity is that he is an incredibly generous God, isn't he? He created this wonderful world. He created us and he saved us. He gave us his son. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. He rose again. The spirit is living in us. We're forgiven. We have eternal life. He's an incredibly generous God. And so he is delighted when his children are generous too. And so he blesses generous Christians. And one of the verses that's most well known in the Old Testament about giving comes through the prophet Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Test me in this, says God Almighty. See if I, if I will not open the flood, throw open the floodgates of heaven so that there will be not enough to receive the blessing. Did you get that? He's going to throw, throw open the floodgates of heaven and he'll pour out so much blessing that there won't even be room to to. to, to to store it all. That's Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. And in the New Testament, there's the same message there that God, God is delighted when we are generous. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7, Paul says God loves a cheerful giver. So this is what Paul wants. He wants, he wants believers to be generous so that they will experience God's blessing. This is an opportunity for me and you, for all of us, just to be thinking again about our, our, our giving. It's not about how much we give. We have different circumstances. Some of us have more we can give. Some of us has, have less we can give. It may be £10. It may be £1,000. But it's good to be talking to God and asking God to help us to give generously. So we've seen what, what Paul's learnt. We've seen what Paul wants. And now thirdly, in verses 18 to 20, what Paul knows. And he knows two things. Have a look at verse 18. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Paul is delighted that these gifts have arrived, but someone else is delighted too. <laughs> Verse 18 still, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. God sees our gifts. That's the first thing Paul knows. God sees our gifts and he's delighted. The second thing Paul knows is in verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That's a very well-known verse in the letter to the Philippians. Have a look at the first half of the verse. God will meet all your needs. Do you dare to believe that? He will meet all your needs. And now look at the second half of the verse. According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That is a lot of riches. I tell you this, there is no shortage of riches in God. God can meet all our needs. That's the second thing Paul knows. God meets our needs. He sees our gifts 
and he meets our needs. Two wonderful things. How does that make you feel? God sees our gifts and he meets our needs. Well, it fills Paul's heart with praise. Look at verse 20. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Does it do that to you? It does to me. It's just wonderful. God sees our gifts and he meets our needs. So we've seen these three things. What Paul's learned, he's learned contentment. And we should pray that we will learn contentment too. We've seen what Paul wants. He wants the Philippians and all believers to experience God's blessing when we give generously. So it's good to be asking God to help us to think about our giving and to help us to be generous. And we've seen what Paul knows. He knows that that God sees our gifts and he knows that God meets our needs. Wow, this is just a great passage. And now we're coming to the end of this letter to the Philippians. It's been a wonderful letter. It's all been about Jesus, hasn't it? In chapter one, we saw that Jesus is our life. Uh, Do you remember Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's chapter one, verse 21. In chapter two, we saw that Jesus is our example. Paul wrote, have this mindset in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And then he talks about Jesus taking steps down. Do you remember? That was chapter two, verse five. Then in chapter three, we saw that Jesus is our goal. Uh, Paul says, I want to know him. He says it twice. He says it in verse eight and in verse 10 of chapter three. I want to know him. Jesus is my goal. And in chapter four, we've seen that Jesus is our joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say it, rejoice. That's chapter four, verse four. This letter is all about Jesus and our lives need to be all about Jesus too, don't they? But this letter is also about the gospel. We've seen that the gospel is clear way back in chapter one in verse five. Paul said he thanked God for the Philippian church's partnership in the gospel. From the moment they became Christians, they were committed to sharing the gospel as Paul was. And in chapter three, Paul spelt out what the gospel is. The gospel is not about what we do for God. The gospel is about what God has done for us at the cross. He made it very clear, chapter 3, verses 1 to 11, especially chapter 3, verse 9, we are not forgiven because of what we do for God. We are forgiven because of what God did for us when Jesus died on the cross. Hallelujah. In Christ alone. Ah, this is astonishing. Let's be faithful to the gospel. And let's read these last few verses. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. Uh, Actually, in the Greek, it's God's saints. (laughs) Because if we're Christians, if we're trusters in Jesus, we've turned from our sins, we've put our trust in Jesus, we are now saints. We are counted as holy in his sight. Because I trusted in Jesus and in his cross, my sins are counted as his sins, And he died for them. And his righteousness is counted as my righteousness. I am a saint. 
<laughs> and you are a saint too if you are a truster in Jesus. Verse 22, all God's people, all the saints here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The gospel has even reached Caesar's household. And now verse 23, Paul ends with a blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. It's a great prayer. Grace is love we don't deserve. And that's what he's praying for the Philippians. And that's what God, God wants to give us, that we will experience the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ deep within our personality on the good days and on the bad days. When good things are happening, when bad things are happening, whatever the circumstances, when we're in plenty or in want, that the grace of Jesus will fill our heart and soul. Ah, oh, let's give our praise to God and let's thank God for his great, great love to us in Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this letter to the Philippians. Thank you that it's all been about Jesus. We praise you. And we thank you for Paul's message to us about giving. We pray that you teach us to be content. We pray too that we may experience your blessing as we give generously. And we thank you so much that you see our giving and that you meet our needs. Father, we give you praise and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you won't switch off. This is the last song in the um, Philippians Going Deeper with God series. Because we've just been talking about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we'll sing about God's amazing grace. You may not sing out loud, but please be singing in your heart. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound.
God's grace is wonderful. We've been saved by grace and we live in grace and there's grace for us every day. The blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen.